Hello and welcome to Football Masterminds, the show where we attempt to say intelligent things about football. And it has been so long since I've done that introduction that I had to remember what to say there. But I am so excited to be back for another show, and I am joined as always by the great, the one and only, Kosti Kapoor. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to uh, the show from our little short hiatus. Uh, I'm excited for this episode as we are going to talk about all things football again. And it's uh, it's great to be back. It is very great to be back. And we have a new face joining us for the very first time. Uh, he's been a listener of the show for a while and very excited to have him on. So here is Dawar Ahmad. Hey, Reese. Hey, Kossi. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm pretty excited. I also like that you said that we are going to attempt to say intelligent things because I'm certainly going to attempt to do it. I just don't know if it's <laughs> going to end up being intelligent, but I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, that's that's usually the goal. Usually we have Russell on here saying some pretty wacky things, so I do have to throw in the attempt there, so... Kosti and Dower join myself today, and we're very excited to talk about everything going on in the world right now as we gear up for a brand new season in the world of football, uh, Premier League, La Liga, everything going on there. Let's start with the big news coming out just yesterday that Lionel Messi, again, wants to leave Barcelona. It appears like people are very hopeful that or maybe not hopeful, but that uh, they, they assume that this time it's actually going to happen. I'm not fully convinced that it will actually happen. So, Costi, let's start with you there. What's going on with Messi? All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state some facts of what has happened and what's come out of the camp. So, uh, Barca have come out and say that it's because of contract negotiations not working with La Liga. Not with Messi, with La Liga. They said that Messi and Barca had mutual agreement of what they're going to sign. Apparently, a 50% pay cut from 100 million pounds or euros a year to 50 million. Uh, but because of La Liga's financial rules, financial fair play rules, and Barca's crazy mismanagement in the past decade or so, they haven't been able to figure out how to keep Messi at the club, even though they've tried to offer people as free agents just to get them off their payroll. There were rumors about Griezmann and uh, everyone I think you think about being offered out to different clubs. And obviously it had to be with mutual consent and a lot of players have said, no, we're going to see out our contracts here because this is random and this is not our fault. To each their own, I understand that from a player's perspective on why they wouldn't want to just up and leave a club where they're happy and they've, their family has settled down and you know it's Barcelona, how do you just up and leave? So I understand that. Coming back to the messy news, like I said in the beginning, it's all it's it could all be a big PR play. I think on Football Masterminds, our Instagram site, one of the people, one of the listeners commented that it could be this huge play that they've done before to just make sure that La Liga protects his biggest asset in Messi now that Ronaldo is not there. And it could be a big thing that they're trying so that La Liga bends its rules. And I said, I was talking to somebody yesterday on a whatsapp group and i was i just said this that i will believe it when i see him in a different shirt i will not believe it until that happens even though there's wild rumors flying around with psg uh apparently booking out the eiffel tower they've done this twice before 
Uh, they booked it out for August 10th. Apparently, they've done this twice before with Zlatan Ibrahimovic when he signed in 2012, and they've done it for Neymar's unveiling in 2014, was it or 15, whatever that was. Um, yeah. So there's these wild conjectures. I'm gonna uh, let you guys comment on the conjectures, and I'll give my say. But my thing is, until he signed and unveiled as a specific club, I don't believe it. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of conjecture out there, isn't there? There's uh, there was that photo of uh, of Messi with Neymar, and then the rest of the PSG squad, and everyone's like, "Oh, this was like three days ago. Oh my God, this is this is a done and dusted deal, right?" Um, but yeah, the the whole the whole story. I mean, it doesn't even start this year, right? It started last year, where Messi's contract was running out, and then there was all these rumors about his unhappiness at Barca, just how they're trying to build a team and it's not going well for him. Um, and then he comes out and says, "No, I I love Barca. I want to stay here." And then you know, again, it starts like you know salary negotiations, and he takes a pay cut, right, just to stay to help Barcelona out. Um, but even that seems to not be uh, enough. And so like now they're saying, okay, it's La Liga's rules that are um, that are the reason for like the contract and not not being able to go through. So it's I don't know. It, it seems like there's there might be some like sort of backdoor sort of ping pong going on where people are just trying to figure out like what is what is the you know like they're trying to get the better of each other um and it's just it's i don't know it, it seems like yeah it is like very out there very pr play to sort of like draw attention to some of uh, la liga's rules because this is i don't know this is not even something that i i personally had ever heard about before like i didn't i don't remember any other club like real madrid has been buying players left right and center for the last god knows how many years and they never had like this wage bill problem, right? So it's it's something that's very new to me. Um, but yeah, it's 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 weird, right? Like these rumors keep coming up, and um, it's once it, it, we have to wait for it when it's confirmed, and he's in in a shirt to say, okay, yeah, he he he's left. But uh, but right now it's 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 just all like you know, it's rumors. He left, right, and center. He's going to Chelsea, right? There's this one article <laughs> I saw that Chelsea is one of the only clubs that he follows on Instagram, so he's got to be going <laughs> there, right? So um, it's it's just all over the place. It is it is a bit of a show, so we just got to wait and see how it plays out, I think. Yeah, I think that's the approach I always take with these things as well. I don't see this even happening from just a logistical standpoint of who is going to pay the kind of money you would need to sign Lionel Messi at this point of time. And I do think Costi made some very astute points there about the Barcelona side of it of like, is it possible it's all just like a game to see if La Liga will up their game and actually, yeah, go ahead with making sure these players are getting the wages that they deserve and and all of that. I I think that's very interesting. Is it possible that someone at PSG has like a birthday coming up on August 10th and they're trying to throw like a major birthday party? Is it Pochettino's birthday? <laughs> Not for the yeah. Eiffel Tower. I always am of the belief that in today's depressed market, how do you sign a Lionel Messi? How do you sign an Erling Haaland, even a Harry Kane? Like I was pretty shocked that Manchester City even went in for Jack Grealish at like 100 million because they don't typically do that regardless of like today's market um, even being in the conversation. So I don't see Messi going anywhere and I think all the fuss about the potential of him moving is a lot about nothing. There's really only probably three clubs in the world that could even afford him, right? Like Chelsea City and PSG and like Chelsea like 
maybe even barely, right? They're probably the poorest out of the three. So, like, nobody in Italy, right? I feel like almost every Italian club is just going bankrupt, right? Um, so, like, if he... If he leaves, it's going to be more of like, you know, what does he want now? Like, does he want to have a, an interesting challenge and go to the EPL and like, you know, try something new? Or does he want to like lay back, go to Paris, like just, you know, sip some wine, just chill, enjoy his old age? Or like, or does he want to stay at Barcelona? Because like Barcelona itself as a team, right, they're, they're going through a transition phase right now, right? Like they do not have like a, a strong, they haven't had a strong squad for a while now and like they're still they're still building so does he want to stay back and does he want to help them through that t- transition phase so yeah it's really interesting i think like at, at the end of the day like you know we just gotta let the rumors take their you know have their light of day and then uh, we'll see what happens yeah the only thing i would add to this is um this time although we're saying it's rumors it's been official on all sources of barcelona it's not it's not rumors in the sense that we've heard about it from like uh like the sun or something like that it is it is confirmed from juan laporte everyone has uh, every every piece of their social media has thanked messi for you know his service and all that stuff but obviously it could still be a pr play obviously that's not a that's not that's not me denying that it could be a pr play um I'm just saying like this time it's more official than the rest of it. Although I would like to see him anywhere but City um, because that would just be ridiculous. They have they have two teams already. Yeah, yeah, it would ruin. Yeah, it's just it's just not fair. If he goes to PSG, I think uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see where he plays on PSG. Although most certainly on the right, but then PSG. He'll be managed under Pochettino. Pochettino has been very okay at managing stars. I don't, I haven't seen that caliber from him where he's managed insane stars, except for obviously Harry Kane, uh, which he, who he's gotten really good value out of. But Messi is a different beast. So it's it's all interesting. It's all conjecture until it's uh, he's in another club. Um, but I, if we were to let's let's wager our bets, I say he stays at Barcelona um, because La Liga will want to protect their most valuable asset that brings in fans, revenue, viewership, all of that, and they will lose a lot of that if Messi leaves. Um, so I will say he stays at Barcelona. Um, what about you, Reese? What do you what would you say? Yeah, he's staying at Barcelona. Like no question about it. I I think one of the keys there is what Dar already said is that there's basically three clubs that he could go to i would say two of them are out of the equation completely i don't think manchester city are coming in for any one of his like level of fee and i certainly don't think chelsea are because if they were they would have already signed erwin holland if city didn't sign Grealish and pulled out of that deal i would say that you know and if because Grealish was this close and if they pulled out at that point i could see this happening for for real for real but City signed Grealish for a hundred million. Say yeah. they parked a hundred million. We're like, we're gonna fund him this year with using this money, and then we'll see. I could, I could see that. I could see that. I could potentially really think about it and see. Okay, they were Grealish was gonna sign. He didn't. That says something. That is saying something. But uh, now it's PSG, and you know maybe, you know maybe, and we'll just see. It's just um, apparently August tenth. We'll know. Pochettino's birthday, I think. <laughs> Having a birthday party at Tower. Maybe, party, maybe it's like Pochettino's birthday, and like his present is just going to be Messi as a new player. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see for sure. I I do side with you, Costi. I don't think uh, he's going anywhere. Let's move on to the Manchester City side of it all because I think they did probably make a smarter move for their long term planning here than signing someone like a Messi or a Kane if you were gonna go in for a player for a hundred million. Grealish is still younger than both of them and has potentially uh, much more years ahead of them than those two would have had. So, do you think? Dower, that this was a good move for Manchester City. Do you think it gives anyone else a chance at winning the Premier League title here? Or is Grealish's signing just going to completely help to help Man City to steamroll the league again? Like City were already amazing, right? Like they they already had a full, full like a stacked squad, right? Like they already dominate the Premier League. So adding Grealish to that is just like sort of like salt in the wound, kind of. You know, it's just like. Yeah, they're just they're just rubbing it in your face. I feel like, um, but yeah, it's a it's a smart decision on their part. Like they like one of the reasons they like out of Aguero is because they're trying to look to the future more, right? And trying to trying to build a, a squad, you know, including like young players like Foden. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a, a good call on their part. Um, I think I don't. I mean, I I don't think anyone else in the Premier League really has a, a shot to catch up to them, right? Um, in terms of transfers, like Liverpool has not been beefing up their squad at all, right? They've just been stuck in the same same sort of thing for the last couple of years, um, which is weird Costi too. Because like, so mad about that, I know yeah, we'll get to it, but I, no, I, I can just I, see it on your face already, Costi. <laughs> Like I, I feel like I feel it, right? Like even as a Chelsea fan, I'm like, damn, that sucks to be a Liverpool fan, right? Like especially out of the season that they just had, where you know VVD is getting injured, Gomez is getting injured, everyone who goes into the center back position is getting injured. Like you'd think that they want to beef up their squad, but um, yeah. So like Liverpool are not catching up. Um, City, uh, Chelsea, I think might have a shot. Uh, there, there's talks about Lukaku. Um, if we add him to the the team. That would be a huge, huge transfer. Um, United as well are looking pretty... They're, they're, they're looking strong, right? They added Sancho as well. Um, so I think all of these teams like might give City a run for the, their money. But at the end of the day, I think um, Guardiola has it down with the Premier League. I think he knows exactly how to play the game there. Um, he's not stressing. Like, I think next season they're going to try to focus a bit more on the Premier League. So adding more players like Grealish, like, adds that depth to their squad so that they can take on... Uh, sorry, did I say Premier League or Champions League? I think they're going to be concentrating on Champions League, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like slowly the Premier League is kind of becoming, like... Bundesliga 2.0 where you're going to have one team just winning every single season and then everyone else is left to play for Champions League spots, right? Um, it's, it's, it's just looking like that to me. And, it, and if they add Kane on top of that, I mean, it's it's over, guys. Like, <laughs> there's, there's no point. Like, just place your bets on City every single season. <laughs> uh, first, how dare you with the Bundesliga 2.0 comments? Dortmund are clearly <laughs> going to win this year. And second, uh, yeah, I I do think Chelsea have a chance. It's just I do think they're still in need of a striker, particularly like a real figurehead to score goals. The fact that Jorginho was their highest scorer last year is absolutely incredible uh, in a lot of different ways and not necessarily for like good reasons either. Yeah. And like our, our most assists came from our striker, right? The guy who's supposed to be scoring all our goals. Right. 
And he didn't even get that many like in the Premier League. Yeah. It wasn't double figures like or eight, like eight. Yeah. I think he got eight in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. That's why I feel like if we do get a Lukaku, right? Like that would be huge. Like where Werner, like it takes the pressure off Werner, and he can be like a. It, it would be sort of reminiscent of like that Drogba and Anelka partnership, where you have like one man like right up front, and then another guy with using his speed around to like you know tea, like stretch the defense. I think that would be really cool, but. And, and the, you know, it's it's like heating up. The rumors about the transfer for Lukaku's transfer are heating up. Um, but, yeah, it remains to be seen. I think that would be huge for us. But even then, even if we did get Lukaku, I feel like City is just... They're, they're too good. They're too good. And that's me saying that after we just beat them in the Champions League. So <laughs> <laughs> I think other North American sports, I think, have us beat there in in their in their draft picks and the way their system works. Because regardless of how much money you have, there's only so much you can do with it. There is free agency that happens, but otherwise you're stuck with building a team. You have to build a team. You can't buy a team, which I, which like having, uh, especially done this podcast, I've been thinking about more and I'm, I'm more of the view that we should move to that sort of model because this is becoming crazy that in this COVID-ridden environment, uh, City can spend $100 million on one player that they don't need. If they needed the $100 million player in Grealish, I would say, All right, you know what? Sure, you can buy him this summer, no problem. At least I understand that you would have pulled all the strings necessary to make this happen because you truly need. They didn't need Grealish, and it's it's unfair. Yeah, head-to-head tactics and luck are definitely a bit different when you're talking about like one-game perspective over the course of a 38-game season. Chelsea are most likely to finish second and not win the league. I do see them as being the second favorites, though, just with the 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 run that they were on in terms of not only winning games, but keeping clean sheets and not conceding goals. I think that's going to be a very important thing for them to climb up the table and probably finish second or close to Manchester City. I do think we could be in for a run that is like similar to Liverpool and Manchester City of a couple of years ago where they both accumulate like an insane amount of points and it's just City edging Chelsea out by a couple of points here and there. But on the head-to-heads, I could easily see Chelsea winning as well, which could make a big difference. On on Grealish though, guys, what are we thinking? Like, does he fit into the system? Uh, he definitely fits as a ball-carrying midfielder uh, into the system. But and he can play possession, he can play passing, he can shoot, he can do everything. So that's not a as a player profile. He fits on the attacking side, but he's not used to defending. He's not used to running like Guardiola runs everyone. De Bruyne, you could think about, he runs as much as any third guy on the field because he knows that Pep demands it. Regardless of what you do, Pep demands it. And no matter, you could be you could be anyone. He Pep has come out to say that the only person he's not demanded as much of ever is Messi because he knows that Messi's too good to demand things. And if he's not doing the odd bit here and there, it's okay because he's going to make that much of a difference in his team um i think this was thierry Henry uh commenting a couple of years ago saying that everybody had specific positions and then messi had messi <laughs> messi had messi's position <laughs> in pep's team mm-hmm. um so that's my, my, my only thing about Grish is like he's a good signing in terms of like young being 25 he has maybe seven to eight really good years ahead of him if he stays fit it's just he will have to change his entire outlook of the game being not the best player on the team, uh, not the star man, not the person who gets to not defend, because if he wants to play in and out, 
um, he's not going to be the one who's not defending because he's going to have to come back and track back every single run. And he stops doing that, he's out of the team. Yeah, I don't know where he necessarily fits into the system because the assumption would be that he would play on the left. But the way he plays is that he likes to drift inside. He likes to cut inside. The way City play, it's sort of like you can do that, but he much prefers Guardiola, much prefers to have his wainers stay wide and not do that sort of like movement infield all the time. So in that sense, you could see him fulfilling more of like a David Silva type of role and sort of like a 4-1-4-1. But I think Manchester City and Guardiola have moved away from that kind of system into more of a 4-3-3, which seems to suit like Gundogan's quality in particular of like timing his runs into the box and getting forward at the right time. So I don't know how Grealish necessarily fits into that when you already have De Bruyne on the other side and a player like Bernardo Silva, who is like adapted to that over time. I I don't see him necessarily starting, like right away especially. Um, it sounds crazy because he's over 100 million, so you'd think like he should be the one of the starting players. But as soon as he went to Manchester City, I completely took him out of my fantasy team because I'm like, I don't see him even really starting matches here. Uh, I do think we are all like, probably excited to see Grealish in a Manchester City shirt but I wonder if the Grealish in an Aston Villa shirt is going to take like a long time to come out in a Manchester City shirt I agree with you I think he's he's definitely going to need some time to adapt but I also think he's the sort of player who will you know mold himself around the team like even when he was playing for England in the Euros you know he was not one of their starters right he would come on as a sub which is not what Grealish was used to the whole season um, and he still played well right like he was still providing that attacking edge he was still providing assists um, and you know I, I feel like if he has a slow which he will a slow start at, at City like that's probably going to be time for him to like learn um, you know the the system there learn how to communicate to build that chemistry with his team and you know towards the end of this season I wouldn't be surprised if I'm seeing him in the uh, first eleven. Being a maverick in the team requires you to be like the big player in the team, which he is not going to be, especially not with De Bruyne being there, and especially not with one of the key, actually most of the key ways that Manchester City play when you look at playing it from the back and pressing inverted fullbacks, like a strikerless system, none of those necessarily fit Grealish's best qualities when you look at like his dribbling power his ability to win fouls or chance creation just in general i don't think he necessarily fits manchester city's style of play yeah i i I can echo that and yeah we'll see what happens at the start of the season and i think they bought a player that's going to improve them by the 10 percent which you might or maybe like 10 percent to five percent that you need here and there but they didn't buy the cane who could start and then He's a Kane's a natural number nine, and he fits into the system of anything and everything in terms of he's been learning how to drop deep under Jose, what he did for Jose and Son, that whole partnership. So he can do that, and he's a natural number nine in that the wing play of City to just put the ball in through Sterling and Mares, whoever you want to pick on the right, 
um, he could tap those in as well, no problem. So yeah, let's see. But we should probably talk about Liverpool because I'm steaming, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, I can steam a little bit more for you guys a little bit. Oh, Are Liverpool your favorites then to finish third, or how do you feel about Liverpool going into the season? Man, um, I've been thinking about it in the past couple of days on how because I've been watching like some friendlies finally and, and understanding how we're playing. And um, to me, like we we look like an interesting squad right now because every friendly that we've played has been played well although it's been against like random german sides here and there but we've looked like a unit <laughs> it's not been against like any uh, chelsea and arsenal played together like you know yeah. like that that was a preseason friendly so we haven't played any of those matches yet so i'm interested to see what we look like um in the future especially if we offload some players and don't bring in anyone because liverpool are the type of team they, they conduct their business quietly Nobody knows what the hell's going on. And then we have signings. That's what happens. Ibrahima Konate, first day of the transfer window, he signed, 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 sealed, delivered, done. He's playing games now. There's no problem. You know, Diogo Jota last last uh, summer, we didn't know he was even in the mix. Bam, we have Diogo Jota, uh, who's an amazing player, started for benched um, Bruno Fernandes in the Euros. There you go. Um, you know, so we don't know. Uh, I think for Liverpool, the biggest thing is we're waiting to offload those few players like Shakiri, uh, maybe Origi, and then we'll see what happens. I think that's one of the first things that we're looking at. The second thing is we have last chances here for Naby Keita and Alex Oxley-Chamberlain. I think if we, they don't perform well this season, that's curtains for them, which is interesting because they've had already too many seasons, in my opinion. They should have been offloaded by now they're injury prone they cannot sustain in the premier league some players are built for it some players are not they're not let's let's offload them as soon as possible but i was saying that on i think one of our other preview podcasts that um the Jurgen club with the Jurgen club you see what you get you get a loyal hard-working absolutely german dude who plays with all of his heart out on the field he's loyal that's what you get with him. He's loyal with Keita because he bought him. He's loyal with Chamberlain because he bought him. That's There's some good and bad in every manager, and that's just what it is. Me, personally, I think it's bad. But, obviously, he's done so many great things. There's no no way anyone can ever doubt him. That's not something that we can do. He finished third with all of his centre-backs out and playing two people that... He picked one person from reserves, and the other guy was out on, like, 1,800 loans and brought him back. Like, you know, it's just... Um, he does what He does what he does. So... For me, if we don't make any signings, I would be happy with a cup win, like an FA Cup or something like that, that we haven't won to see what we do next summer. Because there's a lot of rumors that we've been accumulating funds for next summer to do something big and always look to the future, builds great great teams, and I'd be okay with that. I don't think Liverpool are finishing in the top four this season. I think they have a very aging squad. I think they have... They were very lucky to do so last year. I think Leicester City are pretty much on par with them on paper right now. Uh, the fact that Liverpool have players like Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andrew Robertson, obviously those are players way above what Leicester have in those positions. But elsewhere on the field, it's not drastically different. Uh you still have players like yeah, you still have players like Salah, Van Dyke, Allison, obviously that are like much better. But in terms of a team actually coming together and finishing in the top four, I feel like it's going to be Leicester City over Liverpool. You've been calling Leicester City the past two years. Well, Get ready to be disappointed again. <laughs> it was on the final day for two years in a row as well, so it's 
it's not like uh it was drastically wrong um I don't know. I don't. I don't have high hopes for Liverpool this season. I think they lost a big player in Genie Vinaldum and then didn't replace him. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest concern. Actually, I forgot to mention that. That's yeah. one of the biggest concerns I have is not enough depth in midfield, and we rely on our midfield to win us games. And if we don't have that, it's a huge, huge loss. And I'm surprised that we didn't have an exit play for Vinaldum, which is crazy because he doesn't miss a game. That's just yeah. him. Does not miss a game. It might be four two three one. I don't know how they've been playing in the pre in the preseason games, but when you have Jota, Sala, Mane, and Firmino, I mean, you can still make it work to play Henderson and Fabinho as a double midfield pivot. But yeah, like their their ability to play four three three and like successfully went drastically down for sure. And a four two three one might give us enough balance in defense, especially if uh, part way through the season Van Dyke becomes. 80% of his old self. If Even if he's 80% of his old self, he'll be better than almost any defender on the pitch. So that's not a big concern. He's been coming back well. He's been doing decent things. It's just, um, I hope that Ibrahim Konate and uh, Matip or Gomez, one of the these three can sort of carry Van Dyke for a bit until he is back on his feet fully. Um, and if he is, then 4-2-3-1 absolutely works with his pace, his strength, and Van Dyke be Van Dyke. Just really quickly, I like the sound of a Nat Phillips Ibrahima Kanate <laughs> center back partnership. Did he pay you? Did he like is he giving you money or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm just curious as to where you guys think like the issue even is, right? Like um it seems like Liverpool had like one pretty great year where they bought like a bunch of players, right? Um, yeah, a couple of good years where they bought a bunch of players, but like, you know, after the season that they had last year with like just the amount of injuries, especially like it, it was so clear how dependent the defense was on VVD that like once he went out, like it was it was just so obvious that they were struggling that like you know you'd think that they'd be like, yeah, we need to buy we need to buy players this season, and they haven't done anything. They just added Konati, right? Yeah. So, like, what exactly is it, like, ownership that's the issue? Like, what's going on no. there? I think, so, from a fan slash a little bit more of a somebody who looks into, tries to look into anything and everything, I would say it's more of a long-term plan. Like, we, the reason why, in January, uh, we had money. It's just, it didn't fit into our long-term plan, so we didn't spend it. So, we'll only buy expensive signings if it fits into a long-term plan that's michael edwards and liverpool board for you so that's why i keep saying that next summer it apparently that's the rumors the next summer is going to be a big summer we have that figured out so we're not going to rush into this summer to get into five years ten years down the line a, a barcelona type of situation that is something that we're trying to avoid we had hicks and gillette as our owners and they ran us into the ground before fenway came and saved us so that's something that we don't do we'll never do we're not funded by an estate we know this we don't have money pouring out of our rear end so we cannot do this so we understand that as a club and i think that's that's testament to being run well yeah i think i think it's going to be an interesting season for Liverpool. i'm excited to see just how good it might get and just how bad it might get on the other end of the spectrum as well for them let's quickly touch on manchester united i think manchester united are going to finish third two good off-season signings in sancho and Varane, two of the positions more in need i do think a defensive midfielder is the one that was probably most needed and it doesn't look like they're going to sign one but I like Varane as a 
third option at center back like it's not the most expensive transfer and it's not in any sense meant to be like a massively long-term thing but it just gives you another option there with three high quality center backs because i don't think Lindelof has done anything particularly wrong um then you have sancho who comes in and can transform the attack on his own and it's looking like a very good season for them as long as a player like bruno fernandez is ready for this season to come he played so many games last season harry Maguire played so many games last season that he ended up getting injured like luke shaw played an insane amount of games they're they're very key players like rashford as well played so many games and then got injured i'm worried about that as we head into the new season of like just how much football these players have had to play over the past couple of years and how that could affect them going into this season yeah, that's that's only fair to say, and we see that we saw that in Henderson too. Henderson has been playing with a little niggling injury in his heel, and uh, because he got played overplayed, he got injured at the end of it and couldn't continue. And that's something that we could see maybe with Maguire having to play every game. And um, but with Sancho coming in, I am just curious to see if Rashford then plays through the middle for sure. That's the only thing. If if for uh, if Sancho plays on the left, and if he does. I think that is, I think they'd be a really, really interesting side to watch with Sancho coming in for sure. I think Rashford and Sancho can both play either on the left or right. And then that gives you the option to play Greenwood further forward or Cavani. To me, it doesn't necessarily matter which side Rashford and Sancho play on uh, because I think those are probably the starting two. I think Rashford is injured right now to start the season. We should probably expect it to be like Greenwood with Sancho at the start and Cavani to play quite a few matches as Rashford gets up to fitness. Realistically, that actually could affect their entire season if Rashford is not fit at the very start of the season. Like, he is a very important player for them. Just in the way that they counterattack, like, he is essential to that. I think sometimes, as uh, people who are looking from the outside, we we sometimes forget that these players are, like, emotionally just went through, like, this big, this huge, like, traumatical situation where especially for Rashford, Sancho yeah, and Saka, um, all the racism and everything they had to go through. I mean, you don't just forget it, right? It's hard to yeah. think about that. So that that's a good call out that um especially like Rashford and Sancho went through that final penalty miss yeah. situation. So I'm actually curious about that aspect too. Wrapping up our top four conversation if we're at that stage. I yeah. would say City, Chelsea, United. I'll go Liverpool because I think Le- Liverpool a little better than Leicester still, especially if we don't have a long-term injury. I think we'll be better than Leicester, uh, especially with Fofana potentially uh, being injured for uh, six to nine months, I heard, um, with his tibula fibula. It's called a tip fib fra- fracture. It's a fun alliteration type name, tip fib fracture. <laughs> so that should be, yeah, that's, that's interesting because he was definitely... Uh, one of the top players. Yeah, I actually agree with that top four. I do think Liverpool still have that winning mentality that will take them through to the end. I don't know why Leicester, after that crazy 2016 season, they've just started choking so hard. Um, and I think I, I, I can totally see that happening again. So I, I have the same top four. City, Chelsea, United, and Liverpool. And I also, i just like to add that I... I'm thoroughly enjoying the fact that Arsenal just never finishes top four anymore. Like they're not even an afterthought. Like it's just well, we missed them. We just missed them. Like, <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was gonna comment on it as well. Like 
I think Arsenal are completely out of the picture again. They Their biggest signing has been White. Like, great signing, but if you're wanting to... Like, this is Arsenal we're talking about. If they're wanting to challenge for the Champions League, if they're wanting to challenge for the Premier League, like, you need a little bit more than just that. And their best player potentially heading into this season is Bukayo Saka, who is, like, 20 years old, and he's a great player, but let's be honest, there are, like, much better 20-year-old players on the planet right now. Um, Arsenal don't have a chance. Tottenham might lose their best player and haven't done anything in this window, like, let alone sign a Ben White, which is what they would have desperately needed because they just need a centre-back or two um, to really step up their game. So for me, it's only like a race for the top five involving Leicester, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man City. Beyond that, I would be looking at someone like an Aston Villa who have made a very good summer off-season signings in Emi Bendia and Leon Bailey and now Danny Ains. I think that is an extremely strong attack, let alone the fact that you still have Ollie Watkins there and a very good defense, one of the best goalkeepers in the league too. I think Aston Villa potentially have a stronger side than both Arsenal and Tottenham right now. This is interesting. At 2.43 p.m., I got an email from Tottenham Hotspur that they had signed Christian Romero, who's apparently the best defender in Serie A and will wear the number four <laughs> on his back. Did they, <laughs> I got, they, I got did an email. Tottenham Hotspur specify specifically like he is the best defender in Serie A? <laughs> yep. That well, is absolutely outrageous. Email. Okay, Tom, like, calm down. <laughs> Leo Benucci just wins the Euros. Yeah. And... <laughs> I'm just saying, man, it's an email. I don't know. It's official. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's an Atalanta player, I believe. Um, he has performed well for the past few years, but outrageous take. That that is no, but that is the type of player they need and like the position they need. So that's encouraging to hear. I just still look at that squad and I think, like, especially if you lose Kane where where are you going to have any ability to finish in the top five this season? They seem like they have surrendered this season. <laughs> like in terms of like, all right, you know what? Like just, We're giving up before we start is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, we're giving up. We have signed some uh, decent players, young players. When we offload a majority of our sort of squad that's on a lot of money that's not doing the best, we'll offload them and then maybe buy some expensive signing. Maybe that's their mentality, which I think is totally fine. Tottenham with Nuno coming in. Um, Nuno's a great manager. I I like how Nuno played Wolves. I like how he always wanted to attack and want, didn't have that let's settle for a draw mentality. Just really quickly on Nuno as well. Like I don't think people realize how similar Nuno and Mourinho are in terms of tactics. We're looking at a very Mourinho-esque manager who is going to deploy a lot of the same tactics that Tottenham fans were so frustrated with under Mourinho I don't see how it's going to it's just going to be in a different formation I don't really necessarily see how it's going to work out the bottom three do we have any takes on that I have a hot take that I'll say I'll say that if Crystal Palace lose Zaha who scored 11 goals and I think some somewhere in the range of eight to ten assists for them I think they could go down. I could. They think they could. They lost their blueprint in Roy Hodgson, which is not the worst thing unless this new manager can do amazing. It's still, I'm still, I'm still skeptical on them, and they might have a have a rash crash down um, out of the league. Except for that, I think Newcastle might edge it. Norwich might go down. Brentford might stay up. So I don't necessarily have like a bottom three just yet, but I have this outrageous take of Crystal Palace. So the thing with Crystal Palace is that they've had a very good 
offseason and they've signed some good quality players. But on the other hand, like that can be kind of disastrous sometimes. Like you look at situations like Queens Park Rangers who sign like 10 new players and then go down instantly because it takes a long time to get players to gel together and the chemistry behind all of that. And they've lost a lot of their chemistry in terms of players needing to leave because they ran out of contract. Andres Townsend is one who I think ended up at Everton. He's like been a big part of their team for the past few years. I think they have a few players like that that are no longer there that you're now replacing with players that have never really even played in the Premier League before. So yeah, I, I kind of understand that, especially because I don't know how Patrick Vieira is going to do in the Premier League. He's a bit of a more unproven manager. And there seems to be like a lot of positivity about him, like in the sense that I'm almost like worried for him because he just seems to be like so happy and positive about everything. And it's like, it surely won't just go the way you plan right now. Um, but Newcastle as well. I, yeah, I would be worried for Newcastle. I would. And then I would be worried for Brentford and Norwich. Who's the other one that came up? Watford? Watford. I think Watford are finishing last. Um I wouldn't be surprised if it was Norwich and Brentford. It, it's just very rare that all three of the promoted teams end up going down. I think we missed one big-ish team in Everton. Any thoughts on Rafa at Everton, guys? He's a very interesting manager. You know, he, he does well with like decent players, but I haven't seen him too well with not decent players. You know, like he came into Chelsea, he won us the Europa League, right? Obviously, he was great at Liverpool. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what he uh, what he does at Everton. I just look at Rafa Benitez is not really like a step up from Carlo Ancelotti. I think they're around the same caliber. And if Ancelotti couldn't do it, it's at that point it's not the manager. Like it's the squad, and the squad is all very like bang on average. And that's why I think they're just gonna be mid table again. I think like they were probably unlucky to finish where they did last season because for a large sections of the season they actually did play very well like they were in the top four for the first few weeks there but I do think they are another case where they have a very aging squad like without much in the way of transfer reinforcements this season so I don't see them doing better than they did last season. Everton fans have been excited about uh, their ownership in the past couple years because the owners are uh wealthy enough that they're not they don't have to scrape anymore which is good to see they're on this huge expansion project for their um stadium which we know with tottenham um how much financial pressure that puts so maybe they're waiting that out as well that's one of the other things that i've um read about that that's that's one of the main things that they're focused on um and i think I think it's exciting to see Rafa in the Premier League because I think he's a decent Premier, decent manager that brings up the quality because if Carlo Ancelotti left and we didn't bring somebody of Rafa's sort of caliber, it would be kind of sad for Everton because they've been, they were managed by Carlo Ancelotti. Like that was a big deal, right? And then he's just up and leaves. Like he, he literally uproots his life and takes a 12 million pound pay cut to leave and go to um, Real Madrid. And that's a big, big, it's it's a big slap in the face, right? Like somebody who is willing to take that much of a money loss to go somewhere else. Like how unhappy was he? <laughs> Apparently, his son and his son's girlfriend were like, "What the hell? We just got it up and leave." What the? Hell? I thought we were happier. He wasn't. So that was a big slap in their face. So I think at least signing somebody that Rafa, who has an impressive CV, except for maybe remove Newcastle, 
um, he's got a decent CV, it's at least exciting for them. So I'm happy for them because they are just that one club that's still in Liverpool that we hate, but we also like don't want to see them do absolutely horribly or get relegated or anything crazy like that. So let's uh, let's see what happens with them. I'm not I'm not too hopeful, but if they finish top half of the table, that'd be good for them. I think it'll be a race for 10th between Arsenal and Everton. <laughs> oh, I think that's geez. what we're in for. And Ooh. Arsenal and it, lose that too. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that'll be it for today. I guess a quick mention to Canadian women's team that just won the gold medal in the Olympics today, which is uh, very exciting for us here in Canada. So congratulations to them. But that is where we will end it today on Football Masterminds. Be sure to check out the Lawn Ball Premier League preview show with John and Declan right now. They are analyzing each of the teams that we talked about today just in greater depth. So make sure you do not miss that. Costi was on an episode that came out today. Uh, so don't miss that one if you're interested in hearing more of Costi's thoughts on Liverpool. Uh, so yes, Costi, where can people find you if they want to hear more of you? Football Masterminds, we have... Yeah, we've been posting news again. We've been posting all the long ball shows. But yeah, at Football Masterminds, F-U-T-B-O-L Masterminds. And Dal, if people want to check out more of you, where can they find you? Um, I'm like nowhere to be found, so <laughs> nobody can learn about me. I'm very discreet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can, you can follow me at, at uh, Dawr Aziz, uh, or, you know, just hit up Kosti. He's always in and around my area. <laughs> all right, thanks so much. You can find me at Desmond Reese at mastermind site for all of our content i will be getting more content up on the website in terms of analyses and tactics that you i know you are expecting from me so those will be happening as soon as the season starts uh don't care much for the preview side of it i'm more into the like after the thought analysis so definitely check that out our first Premier League game kicks off next friday three o'clock brentford versus arsenal do not miss that you know that we will be breaking all of that down so thank you so much for listening have a good one and goodbye Ooh.